All right. Hello. Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm still Portland Heller. And uh, yeah, welcome to the show today. It is March 17th, right around 7 p.m. And NFL free agency is open and popping off. So there's a bunch of players that have moved around. Um, the quarterback situation in the NFL seems as though it's finally gaining some clarity. Um, there's been increased discussion around Russell Wilson. The Deshaun Watson news has been quiet, but uh, slots have been getting filled in other places. And the Bears continue to be one big hot clusterfuck. And uh, we're here to talk about it. So uh, without yeah. any further ado, Corwin, you're ready to get started. We didn't have any ado to begin with, so I don't know why we would any need any further. That's a fair point. Um, yeah. You want to start? So usually, if you've listened to the podcast before, usually Corin and I just kind of like look at the free agency tracker and go chronologically because it's very easy. Um, however, I am kind of actually feeling uh, starting with quarterbacks just because we spent so much time in that conversation. Yeah, you're good with that? Oh, yeah. All right. So... Let's take a peek at – let's go division by division. That might be the easiest way of doing it to, to conversationally so that we can kind of uh, work our way through it. So uh, in the sure. AFC East, <laughs> the Bills did nothing. <laughs> we expected them to do nothing. They did nothing. Um, Miami, who I don't think necessarily needed to do much since they have two attack of Iloa, and it's kind of assumed that that's what they were going to be um, – rocking with during the season. Uh, they did sign Jacoby Brissett, which I think is actually a great signing for them since um, it takes some pressure off to a, to be game one ready. Like you have to be the starter. And it, uh, I think it allows him a little bit more room and a little bit of a quarterback competition, a guy with a little bit more experience like Jacoby um, who can come in and kind of, uh, you know, be a, a steady hand while the, while the young guys getting used to it. Um, but what do you think about the uh, Brissett signing? Uh, I don't think they would have brought Brissett in for a, a full competition. Um, I think you draft Tua with what was it like the sixth overall pick last year? Sure, he's your guy. Like he's he's your starter. Um, I know he was hurt a little bit last year, um, and he's definitely had his injury history at Alabama. Uh, I think this is just kind of one of those high-end bargain quarterback, you know, high-end backup uh, signings that they got at a discount because the, the contract wasn't that big uh, for a it quarterback. Is, uh, it's very affordable. Yeah, it's one year, $5 million. And by not very big, I mean fucking minuscule. So this is uh, honestly a great signing just for them to be able to have a guy there to – uh, fill in if anything were to happen to Tua, if he was to get hurt. Um, I know that they have been in talks about uh, acquiring Deshaun Watson. I know that they have had rumors about um, moving Tua for another quarterback. And, you know, so much is smokescreen, so much is bullshit. It's hard to tell. I will say, you know, having Brissett there as a guy who could be a low-end starter, in the NFL is is perfectly reasonable, and especially at this cap number. So good time. Right on. Um, outside of that, uh, New England re-signed Cam Newton. Um, so he is 
back back in the New York groove, or I guess back in the New England groove, whatever. Um, it was, I think it was a little bit uncertain as to what approach New England was going to take this offseason, and they've chosen big money, big money, um, which is an interesting look for uh, New England since they've had no need to really drop big money in free agency in recent years because they've had the steady hand of um, Tom Brady as quarterback and have managed to do so much with his just low salary and whatnot um, that seeing them spend a lot of money has been interesting. Um, it makes last year's um, I think it puts last year's team in a little bit better perspective as to what they were trying to accomplish just with a little bit of a reset. Um, so that's nice. But anyway, they re-signed Cam Newton. Uh, it's an interesting contract. It is um, a $1.5 million base salary, $2 million signing bonus, a $1.3 million roster bonus, a $100,000 workout bonus, a, uh, there's $500,000 in miscellaneous bonuses. Altogether, he carries a $5.4 million cap hit, and his dead cap is 5.5. Um, but he, yeah, anyway. So, all in all, a pretty nice looking contract for, or, you know, a pretty, an okay contract for Cam Newton. It's, it's, it's a, it is more than he got from them last year by some. Um, yeah, not really not much, uh, which narratively to his $1 million contract. Sure. It's like a five times increase if he, you know, meets incentives or whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, he's taking this as a team friendly deal. It's, it's him having another prover year because he didn't live up to last year. Uh, I know we'll talk about the Patriots more in depth when we talk about the rest of their signings, because boy, I mean, we could have a whole episode talking about it, but you know, Last offseason, we were talking about how they didn't make any moves. They released a lot of players. They were basically setting themselves up for the quote-unquote post-Brady tank. This is what they were setting themselves up for. They were basically clearing all of their, uh, you know, clearing all of their assets that they were, you know, liable for, you know, for this offseason, just clearing it out so that they would have all the space in the world uh, to sign players and rebuild this team with, all the fucking free agents they wanted to this year, you know, unfortunately the cap situation being what it is actually, well, mixed bag because one, since they were planning to do this, regardless, they had the cap space. So they have the availability to sign these guys that are getting released because of the cap crunch, but they just don't have the same cap space. They probably would have liked to have to go through this transition. So overall it's all going according to plan and, and knowing Bill Belichick, knowing the Patriots, knowing Robert Kraft, they're going to do it well. Yeah, and knowing Robert Kraft in that, he's just going to say, Bill, do whatever the fuck you want. And uh, that's what all owners should do. So there you go. Um, yeah, I, I like this for Cam Newton. As, as we all know, I'm, I'm far from a Patriots fan, but uh, I, I think you and I agree quick that Cam Newton got kind of the short end of the stick last year. Uh, not the Patriots' fault, not Cam Newton's fault. It really just part of being an athlete and shit not breaking your way. Um, so it's really nice to see him get another chance, uh, especially on a team that is actually hopefully going to be good. Well, not hopefully for me, but hopefully for him going to be good this year. Um, so way to go, Cam. Outside of that, uh, it just leaves the Jets. And the Jets have been very quiet with the quarterback situation. There's not much to say with it yet since Sam Darnold's still on the team and they've made no acquisition 
outside of uh, Sam Darnold, there's been, you know, still mock drafts projecting them to take uh, quarterbacks uh, with the number two overall pick, but it's been, it's been weirdly quiet. It's been quiet in a way that leads me to believe that there is many, much conversation happening inside the Jets organization because uh, it's too quiet. Um, but I've heard potential trade rumblings for Sam Darnold, but I've also heard that some insiders think he blows. And uh, what is there to say about Sam Darnold? So the Jets have done nothing yet, but I think there's still a high likelihood of them doing something. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the rumors that, you know, nobody likes Sam Darnold, that he's a washed up piece of trash. I've heard rumors that Texans were interested in a Deshaun Watson trade. I've heard rumors that Pete Carroll likes Sam Darnold and mm-hmm. they'd be interested if Russell Wilson was available. I've, I've heard, heard the Saints. I've heard the Steelers. I've heard a bunch of teams. I've heard the Steelers. I've heard them wanting Justin Fields. I've heard them wanting Zach Wilson. I've heard them wanting to trade up for Trevor Lawrence. I've heard everything with the Jets, so I believe none of it, and I'm just going to wait to see what happens. Yeah, and I, I, and I think that's what kind of what it comes down to. Um, yeah. All right, so let's look at the AFC North, which really has had no change. Um, so there's actually kind of nothing to say here. The only thing that's changed in any capacity with the quarterback situation in the AFC North is Ben Roethlisberger's contract extension or contract change, whatever you want to call it, uh, which we, we talked, talked about, about already. Move on. Cool. All right. Uh, AFC South so far, uh, Tennessee hasn't done anything. Houston, we're still waiting. Again, you know, that's the other part of whatever – Deshaun Watson trade is going to potentially happen is him leaving Houston. Jacksonville obviously is biding their time (laughs) until they draft Trevor Lawrence. So there's something to say about, about them. Uh, And then the, uh, the Colts. um, Oh wait, I had it written down. Who do they, who do they pick up? Uh, Philip Rivers signed him one year deal. Oh my God! No, they, they signed. They signed like the. Oh no, no, they traded for Carson Wentz. That's what they did. Yeah. Right. Cool. Sorry, I had it. I had a, a tab open with it because I knew I was going to forget that Carson Wentz existed, and then I closed it and I forgot Carson Wentz existed. So. You talked about it. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Nothing interesting happening yet. Uh, in the AFC West, uh, also nothing. Um, Kansas City is not moving on from Patrick Mahomes anytime soon. Uh, the Raiders. There's been talk throughout the offseason about what Derek Carr's future in black and silver might look like, but all speculation, no actual real rumors yet. Um, the He's going to tra- get hit a lot this year, that's for sure. That's fucking sure, man. As the Raiders decided, our offensive line was too good, and we must be worse. Um, uh, the Chargers are hanging on to Justin Herbert, and there's been no real talk of substance coming out of Denver, um, which I thought there might be, and there hasn't been. So nothing to really I've, say there. I've heard Denver is one of the two uh, preferred landing spots for Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm honestly blanking on who the other team was. Uh, Dude, I've heard every team, so I don't, I don't buy anything. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things where I'm not going to believe anything until it happens. No. And the, the, you know, the, the thing that really makes it tough, um, which if, if you're a fan of any sport, you, you, you know, is that, Every side will leak, leak um, rumors to teams to, you know, Jimmy with the uh, the market value or the perception of a player. You know, so Deshaun Watson's team could be running out rumors that he wants to go to Denver just to make the Jets pay more or whatever. 
The 49ers were the other team that he supposedly is interested in. Sure. And that he doesn't want to play in New York and he doesn't want to play in Miami. So who the fuck knows? Doesn't matter till it matters. Nobody knows anything. Let's move on. Yeah, nobody knows. Uh, NFC East, the Giants are staying pat with uh, Daniel Jones. The Cowboys are sticking with Dak Prescott. The only changes it looks like we're going to have here in all likelihood is uh, the Eagles, who are really just taking um, fucking what's his name? God damn it. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and elevating him to starter. And then the uh, Washington team that uh, it they should do something was, I think, our – synopsis of them when we talked last and their solution to that was to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one-year deal uh, to the tune of $10 million. Um, that is 39 year old quarterback, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, and let's take a look at how that $10 million breaks down. It's a $3 million base salary, $6 million signing bonus, and a just under $1 million roster bonus. Uh, that's how that breaks down. Um, and rolling with, I guess, the quarterback room of him and Taylor Heineke and thinking that's okay. So, uh, Did they re-sign Brandon Allen? Hold on. Brandon Allen. Is Google even going to know who that guy is? No one knows who that is. Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen is on the Bengals. Who the fuck am I thinking of? Who's the guy that used to play for Texas A&M? Um, yeah, Brandon Allen went to Arkansas, apparently, for his college. He was on the Panthers, traded him to Washington. I thought his last name was Allen. Nobody oh, knows who Corwin's the thinking of. I've seen. I, I'll be able to find it. I just I don't want it to be so much dead air. I don't really want to sit around. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Kyle Allen. Oh. Kyle Allen, still on the team. Cool. We did it, Corwin. You saved the town. Yay! Um, I'm not sure I give a shit about the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is on his uh, ninth team um, or with Washington. Um, they were a 7-9 and nine team last season, and they – I mean, that might very well be their record next season, plus or minus a win and a half. Um this is a non it's a signing they probably should have made but i'm not sure it moves the needle for me i would only think this is a a fair trade if or a fair signing if it was planned for them to trade up and draft a qb um oh that's interesting defense that they have now is fucking awesome it's going to be a top five defense next year yeah, it's shipping up real quick. Shit. Spoiler alert for one of my bold predictions this year that I'll probably forget by the time I write these. Uh, Washington finishes with a top five defense. Um, if they have a nice rookie quarterback, having Ryan Fitzpatrick there is kind of like that mentor, that Josh McCown type role, a guy who can start for you and perform well at a small sample size. Sure, great signing, great guy to have there. If you want him to be your starter for 16 games with the room of Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, you're going to be, he's going to perform too well for you to tank in the way the Jets and the Jags did this year. Your defense is going to be too good to allow that to happen, but he's not good enough to take you to the top of the NFC East. Like 
he's not good enough to beat the Cowboys. He's not good enough to beat. Okay, he's probably good enough to beat the Eagles and the Giants if they don't seriously improve from last year. But it it's not a guy who's going to take you anywhere towards contention. So if this is the end of their quarterback signings this year, I'll be disappointed, but I have to expect that they won't. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure what Washington's long-term view of their team is, and I think part of that might be because it seems as though they're in such a weird position with such a great defense and such a shockingly mediocre to bad offense. Um, and the fact that the rest of the division is garbage until the Cowboys prove otherwise, which I'm almost certain they will next season. Um, but still, um, I mean, this might just be them biding time to see how their team progresses next season before they make a bigger splash at quarterback next off season, which I think would be fair to do. Um, guess i mean at the same time you could just make a splash now and decide to be better but hey what do i know um yeah all right well that's washington for you they uh, they, what, they what play they football they pick reading is hard 19 Ooh. oh because they made the playoffs and won their division that's Ugh. right that's disgusting. Yeah, that's really ugly. I was going to say, man, it's hard for them to do better next year with the defense they have in Ryan Fitzpatrick than they did this year. But no, they're not. <laughs> they're not winning the division uh, unless fucking miracles happen and Dak Prescott gets hurt again. But that'll be uh, that'll be a rough one. Yeah. Right, you well, you, you got to hope they uh, they do worse next year for QB because yikes. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take a look here at the NFC North. We have the Green Bay Packers who ain't doing shit, the Minnesota Vikings who ain't doing shit, the Detroit Lions who have already made their trade for Jared Goff, moving on from Matt Stafford, giving him a chance to be on a team that has a shot at being successful, and the Bears. And, oh, the Bears. Who the fuck knows what the fuck they're doing? Um so starting Andy, uh, I'll let you go. You give us the summary. Okay. Oh, it hurts. So Mitch Trubisky's time in Chicago is over. They chose not to um, take on his fifth year option. So his contract's done. He's not in Chicago anymore unless they resign him, which why? Um, so what do they do to solve this crisis? Well, they did the only thing that a rational team would do, and they signed Andy Dalton. And so, it, first off, 10-year deal, $3 million base salary, $7 million signing bonus, $10 million cap hit. It's a very much easier contract than some of the other ones yeah. we talked about. Um, and if you want to talk value, uh, sure, it's Andy Dalton. He's barely worth it, but I guess he is a capable starter. Um, Honestly, it, it's I, if you ask me if I'd rather have Andy Dalton at 10 million or Jacoby Brissett at five, I would take Jacoby Brissett two hands down. If you switch those numbers, maybe I go Dalton. Maybe. And th- the thing that makes this so fucking disgusting is you think about how um, Ryan Pace and uh, what's the fucking coach's name again? Matt Nackies, um, the quarterbacks that they've chosen, chosen to have under their tenure. Um, it started with, uh, oh, what fucking giraffe neck, Lennon. dude. Mike, Mike Lennon, Mike Lennon, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, and Andy Dalton. That's a ri- 
ridiculous set of quarterbacks. That's a fucking ridiculous That's set insane. of quarterbacks. Uh, dude, Super Bowl MVP and a Pro Bowler in Mitch Trubisky. Hell yeah, dude. Those are great QBs. I mean, it's fucking nuts, man. And it's like, look, at any given time, do I understand the need to, like, take a flyer on a guy to, like, have him be a backup? Sure. But they keep throwing the, their, their fucking cart behind these goddamn mediocre dudes. They're, like, like, oh, my God. It's like they picked out. They are finding, like, the lowest common denominator of quarterback and giving that guy the starting role. Mitch Trubisky was a hey, stretch when hey, it happened. They haven't signed Paxton Lynch yet. Oh, my God. Don't disparage them. They're going to trade for, like, yeah. Drew Locke one day. <laughs> Honestly, Drew Locke compared to these other quarterbacks is fucking Peyton Manning. Like, Drew Locke might have – because Drew Locke actually might have promise. I mean, Mitch Trubisky was was, was a suspect uh, drafting draft pick when it happened. The Mike Lennon signing was hilarious at the time. Nick Foles, everyone knew, was a flash in the pan in terms of his playoff run. Um, and because every good game he's ever had in his life had been flashed in the panish, never that he'd been bad, just that he'd never been phenomenal. And Andy Dalton is literally considered the lowest starting line, the, or the lowest line for you to to have to cross to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's a ridiculous set of quarterbacks. What are the eyes? What are the, tell me the eyes? Uh, Eagles just released uh, defensive tackle Malik Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. Oh shit! Okay, wow. Casualties. Cap casualties. Now, apparently, Chicago did make a serious run at Russell Wilson before immediately stopping. Uh, and again, this is, of course, still going to be speculation. This could very well be rumored by the Seahawks just to increase Russell Wilson's value. But we're going to talk about it anyway. So apparently, Chicago made an offer to the Seahawks to the tune of three first-round picks, Khalil Mack, and Akeem Hicks. And the Seahawks said no. Were the starters again? Because Akeem Hicks... Khalil Mack. And Akeem Hicks. And the Seahawks said no? And the Seahawks said no. I, I don't know. I don't trust that rumor. And that's the part that I find so suspect on it is that here's a guy who, I mean, it's getting, it's been pretty public. He's not happy with, with you, um, Seattle. You've made a series of pretty questionable decisions and you're probably bad at a true talent level. You haven't had success in the playoffs in years. You're getting offered three additional first round picks after you traded away two first round picks to the Jets for a player you should not have given two first round picks for. And you have the possibility of rebuilding the defense first, which is, kind of how Seattle got good in the first place and you're not going to take it because Russell Wilson's an untouchable. And don't get me wrong. I, I totally get like the sentimental value and the fact that Russell Wilson is a very good quarterback. What's a better trade? What better trade are you getting from that? Nine first round picks. What, where are you setting the bar? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the, I saw the three first round picks, a third and two starters. I kind of assumed the starters were going to be like uh maybe like Eddie Jackson and some offensive somebody like somebody, not no, nobody major, but you know, okay. A good defensive player and somebody on offense, whoever, maybe an offensive lineman, who knows? I didn't think it was going to be worth it. 
Khalil Mack, I mean, on one hand, if you're trading Russell Wilson, you're, you're giving up on your contention right now. Like you're not trying to build a team to compete. Khalil Mack doesn't really fit that plan, even though he's a great player. Both him and Akeem Hicks are both pro bowl, all pro, you know, possibilities. They're not going to help your team in four years. So I get why they wouldn't necessarily be the best options, but at the same time, fucking turn around and trade those two immediately and get another two first round picks, two first and, uh, you know, some added, whatever you, you get for them. It doesn't matter. Like you can, if you leave this trade with a total of like, let's just throw out five first round picks total three from the bears, two, two for whoever, yeah. for whatever, just totaling in value. Yeah, five first-round picks for Russell Wilson? Sure. Go build yourself a team, a complete team with that. Two first-round picks, or three first-round picks next year, three first-round picks in two years, and then another one, another two the year after that. That's how you build a serious team quickly. Look, Like, look at the Dolphins. They have one of the best defense in, defenses in the NFL. They have an offense with key pieces. They're building their team to compete soon. And they did it with having a ton of draft picks just these past two years. By year three, year four, they're going to have themselves a team that can compete in the AFC East, compete and contend in the playoffs if things you know continue going the way they're going. Five first-round picks for Russell Wilson. You're not going to get a, a quarterback like Russell Wilson with any of those picks. You're not. I mean, at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, all-time player. You're not, you know, with reasonable expectations, going to get a player like him with those picks. But you're going to be able to get a quarterback at some point with them. You're going to be able to use them to get yourself a good quarterback, and you'll still have guys to build the rest of your team. You're really not looking to be able to contend with him right now anymore. The rest of the roster just isn't there. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it, it it's, it's mind bendingly stupid. Um, especially for, for me, because if, if the bears were seriously about, about, about moving that value, that sheer quantity of players and trap draft capital, Surely they could have acquired someone else from another team. I'm not quite sure who necessarily is available, but I mean, the gap between Russell Wilson and Andy fucking Dalton is pretty huge. And somewhere in the middle must be a menu of starters that they could have gone out and acquired with what they were willing to part with. And I understand that there's a, a, a value aspect to it, but because I don't know where this leaves the bears. That's the part because that's the part I don't get. Either either you're 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 going to make a serious push at contending today, which seems to be what they think their team is a quarterback away from. Which okay, uh, you, you guys were eight and eight with Trubisky and uh, what's his face. So sure, maybe you are, um, or you're the team for tomorrow. And I I don't know where they think they are and i'm not sure hold on one second i want to take a look 
Seattle just signed Gerald Everett. I don't know who that is. Uh, tight end from the Rams. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess the, it's tough because the fucking just, market's shit. Yeah, it's it's also one of those things where it's like, all right, three first-round picks, two defensive line starters for Russell Wilson. Okay, that's probably worth it for the Bears. The only other QB of note that's even remotely available is, you know, Deshaun Watson, who is probably going to command even more. Or Sam Darnold, who the jury's still out whether or not he's A, available, and B, what his cost, his ballpark cost even is. Because we have no idea right now. And Sam Darnold's also not anywhere close to the level of Deshaun Watson and and Russ Wilson, but we know that. The cost wouldn't be anywhere near that. But, you know, you're getting a guy like Andy Dalton who – the potential is severely capped compared to what Sam Darnold may be able to grow into. But the floor for Sam Darnold and the floor for Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's probably got a higher floor by a little bit. But like if we're talking absolute floor and what they could do in a new system where, listen, I know Matt Nagy was the guy for Kansas City for a couple years, you know, offensively, but that's Andy Reid's ballpark. That's, you know, that's not Matt Nagy doing all that. That's Matt Nagy learning from Andy Reid, working alongside Andy Reid. You don't know if that system is even, you know, uh, a good environment for these guys to come into, whether or not it's something that would be building a, a positive environment. I mean, look at the last couple of years. Granted, the, the, uh, the guys there haven't exactly been all-stars, but we don't know. And, uh, it's just – it's hard to just say any one of those guys can go in there and, and not having to give anything up for Andy Dalton and getting him on a, a relatively, you know, low cost. It speaks for something. You know, they could have done worse than Andy Dalton. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I do think you're right. I'm just trying to figure out what where the where the Bears feel as though their position – because this might – this might be the beginning of their tank. This – so Ryan Pace right now and Matt Nagy are both just scrambling with their buckets, trying to dump out water to keep that ship from sinking. And listen, if they don't perform this year, they're gone. Like I, I just do not understand how they're still there uh, this year. And they definitely won't be if this continues. So I, I don't think either one of those guys are going to, be sticking around long enough to see through a tank. If they are completely rebuilding and Bears ownership decides, hey, this team, you know, we're not going to be able to get there built the way we are, you know, unless they are just, you know, deaf, dumb, and blind and decide to keep, you know, knocking away at it year by year and just treading water, doing nothing, they're going to have to tear down and rebuild. And when they do, coaching staff front office they're getting cleaned out so if this is their desperation play of andy dalton fuck well that's what also yeah. makes it interesting is is like uh and granted i uh, i was gonna say maybe 
what if they made a push for um, Matt Stafford before he got in trade to Los Angeles? But I'm sure Stafford has many stipulations about where he'd want to go. Um, probably wouldn't have picked the uh, powerhouse dynamic winning duo of Pace and, and Nagy up in uh, the Windy City. So also probably wouldn't have wanted to stay in that division. That's another point. Log jammed. Yeah, I think they're right there with Washington where I'll be disappointed if this is their only move. Unlike Washington, I wouldn't be surprised because uh, Ryan Pace has really tanked his reputation with me uh, these last couple of years. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's not exciting. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll call it that for Chicago. It'll be interesting to see if Russell Wilson gets moved because it seems to be a pretty strong voice in say, in the chorus of voices saying he won't get moved. But again, we shall see. Um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Deshaun Watson gets moved, which I think is still the more likely option uh, between the two of them, what that will look like in comparison to this. And I think that might help inform us if this is real or not, because if, um, if Deshaun Watson gets traded and it's this or less, uh, then this is bullshit. So we'll see. Uh, Moving on to the NFC South, uh, New Orleans, we talked about Tampa Bay. We talked about Carolina has made no moves and Atlanta has made no moves. I'm not sure there's anything to really say about this division quarterback wise. Um, I fully expect Atlanta to draft a QB. Yeah. Um, They restructured Matt Ryan's contract. That's, you know, nothing for, you know, their plans at quarterback that speaks nothing towards that, but uh, I do expect them to do that. Yeah, Picking that, fourth overall with a 36, 37 year old Matt Ryan. Um, yeah, you, you draft a new guy. All right. And that brings us to the NFC West, which houses the Seahawks that we just spent some decent time talking about. The Rams, who've already made a trade, a, a move, a quarterback moving on from uh, Jared Goff in favor of Matt Stafford. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, who are locked in with Kyler Murray. And the San Francisco 49ers, who have been the subject of rumor in terms of some of the trades for some players that had been mentioned previously, um, most notably Deshaun Watson, we, again, Corwin alluded to. Um, but I'm not sure how likely any of it is. I think I think it might just be uh, a little bit of talk since there's such a well-constructed team that may or may not be being held back by their quarterback. Um, depending on. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm not convinced that they're truly in the market. Obviously I'm not saying that they would, you know, if someone, if the Texans come over to them said Niners, can you please take Deshaun Watson? We'll, we'll give him to you for a third round pick that the, the uh, Niners would say, oh, no, we're good. We have Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but at the same time, I only I the don't... Texans would be that stupid to turn down a deal like that. Oh, no, the, the Texans, they just cut him. That's what they do with their good players before trading them. Right. They just they just cut him. Right. Do you imagine? Guys? Could you imagine the mob marching down whatever the main street in Houston is if the year after a year and like a day after the anniversary of trading? <laughs> Hopkins for a second round pick. They trade Deshaun Watson for a third. The same offseason they released JJ Watt. People would be killed. Steve McNair would be killed. 
whatever that Easterby guy, Jack Easterby, uh, he would be lynched. He would be straight up lynched in Houston. Uh, yeah, well, it's a it's a hot mess of a front office that has no real upside. But uh, I don't they know. Have What's a your front office? Um, they have an office. <laughs> it's in the front of the building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they didn't actually know what that meant when people were saying, oh, who's your front office going to be? Who's your front office going to be? It's like, uh, I, I mean, there's a conference room. Uh, we can throw anybody in there. <laughs> Oh, I hate how close to accurate that may be. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, what was your question? What's your impression of the, the – I mean, do you think the Niners are really positioned to make a move outside of Jimmy G? You do. All right, tell me tell yeah. me what and why. Uh, I My prediction, my bold prediction before we do bold predictions, because it will be over before we do bold predictions, I think the Niners trade up for Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is – the clear number four out of the top four guys. I think after Trevor goes one, Wilson and Fields go at two and four. If nobody trades with uh, the Dolphins at three, I think um, offensive tackle at, at five. And then I think six and later, I think six is the, the Eagles. I could see the Eagles trading back. I could see the Lions trading back. I think the the 49ers move up and uh, take Trey Lance. Okay. Prediction. Prediction. I I I could buy it. I mean, they're going to have to consider something in a post Jimmy G society which is rapidly approaching since I believe this is the last year of his contract. Uh yeah, I don't know. Next even year if it's, it's even if it's not that they're not sticking with them, they need to find a solution now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you know me, you know, all faith towards the mighty Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I have full faith. Praise be unto him. Getting whatever they got available to him and running the show next year in the NFC West. Yeah. Directions. So the only change that looks like it will be immediate at any point, at any rate, uh, pre-draft, I guess we could say, is potentially the Seahawks, but even that seems very speculative at this point. So it seems as though the NFC West is kind of locked in. Well, Kyler Murray is going to have himself a hell of a year next year. That'll be fun. Yeah, got himself. uh, They upgraded from like the 66th ranked uh, center to Rodney Hudson, who's like the best pass protecting center ever. Not ever, but you know what I mean? Lately. Um, I think he's got, he's given up like, not ever, lately. Yeah, you know, this month. Last year. (laughs) Since, since 2015, he's played like several thousand snaps. I wish I had these numbers in front of me, but since 2015, he's given up three sacks. Wow. Three in five seasons. That's fucking insanity. And they traded him for like a third round pick. Oh, well, I mean, what do you expect? Um, I guess that we could we could tr- you know, transition this right into our, our greater discussion of uh, moves and happenings that have that have gone down. Um, Do we as... have any divisions left? Or are we done? No, that was it. That was it for the divisions. Nice, convenient. Uh, so, is there any place you'd like to start when as we look through the tracker, or as we look might at as, uh... might as well start with the Cardinals because uh, we're still there. We're still talking about them. All right. Um, so let's look at some of the, the free agents the Cardinals have acquired. They, 
They acquired J.J. Watt, who we talked about. We'll need to go into that any further. They signed A.J. Green today to a one-year $8 million contract, which, you know, all things considered, A.J. Green coming off of – No, A.J. Uh, Green had a $6 million contract. Hassan Reddick had an $8 million contract. And NBC is stupid because I'm staring at their blurb that says one-year $8 million contract. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Let me open up his page. Oh, you know what? It might be that uh, Spot Check hasn't fully updated, so I'll, I'll take NBC's word at it. Okay. Either way, I think uh, having him with Christian Kirk, having him with uh, No Hopkins, you know, even po- the possibility of bringing back Larry Fitzgerald, that's a loaded weapon room. Uh, you know, Dan Arnold's there, who's the mailman because he always delivers, uh, is a great set of supporting pieces for Kyler Murray who knows what's going to happen with their running back but I think Chase Edmonds is still going to be a, a great option there I think he could definitely be maybe not a workhorse because we've never quite seen that load from him but definitely be a premier you know 1a kind of guy um, plus this trade for Rodney Hudson is, is seriously going to improve his protection which you know with his play style is going to help it's not necessarily needed but God I mean, how many times have we talked about how important it is to build that, you know, foundational piece of offensive line? So I am fucking all for it. Uh, it, it should be a, a good year for Kyler. Uh, yeah, for that team as a whole. I mean, they're, they're really – they went from being a non-issue to uh, positioning themselves very well for a breakout season um, super quickly. What? Um, my computer did that like because you're like you search for something that didn't exist. No, I didn't even instead hear of it. putting it through my headphones like a normal fucking computer would, it just blasted it through this. Hey, don't you want to hear this? <laughs> we thought you wanted to hear some sounds. Hey, we know you're wearing headphones, but we want to make sure everyone in the room knows you fuck something up when time. Well, and that's so fucking stupid because it's like imagine like you're listening to something really loud and you don't hear the computer sound. And the computer's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it's like, I am wearing the headphones that are in you. How don't you know? Anyway. Uh, yeah, how can we I be mean, so deep into technology? Like, how can we be so advanced in technology and still just fuck this shit up? I feel that way every time I look down at the floor right next to where I'm sitting right now, as it has 9,000 cables on it, and I can't help think to myself, why do I have so many fucking cables? Why do I need all these goddamn cables? Because you have poor cable management. No, it's because my pedal board's right next to me, too. And it's like, I... And waiting for the day that guitar pedal companies come to the realization that what they should do is make them connectable like Legos so that I don't have to have so many fucking cables. I have 90 fucking cables next to me because you got to plug them into one. So that's the in and then you'll plug them to the out. And so if you have, you know, like five pedals, you've got like 90 cables. It's ridiculous. Make them connect. I don't know how that would work. No one does, but make them connect so that like like little Lego pieces. So I don't have to deal with this bullshit. And it's a mess. It's a mess. And then 25% of the of the surface area on my pedal board is just dedicated to space in between the pedals to fit the cables. And it makes no fucking sense. All right. That's my rant. We're moving on. If I had to choose between listening to that and, and getting to eat dinner, 
37 seconds sooner. I want my dinner 37 seconds sooner. <laughs> you ain't getting it, bitch. Uh, no, I'm not. No. All right. Uh, do you want to still approach this divisionally, or do you want to look at some of the bigger names that got uh, that were on the move and talk about them that way? Let's talk about the bigger names just because there's a whole lot of shit out there that we're going to get dragged down by. I think that's probably the right move. So the biggest – we'll go by dollar value then. The biggest dollar value contract that got signed this offseason so far uh, just happened uh, this early this morning, I think, right around midnight. Uh, Trent Williams re-signing with San Francisco, the left tackle, age 33, got a six-year, 138 $138 million, $60,000 contract. It's a hilariously specific number. I, I need a, I need above. I need $10,000 a year to stock my vending machines. Yeah. So the, the, there's, there's no good breakdown as to where that $10,000 a year comes from yet. Uh, Cause spot track, it doesn't have the details yet, but anyway, Trent Williams, $138 million for six years. Corbin, what is your thoughts? Uh, on one hand, if, there's any tackle right now in free agency or, or, you know, getting an extension who would be worthy of being the highest paid offensive lineman in the history of the NFL. It'd be Trent Williams um, signing a 33 year old to a six year contract scares the fucking shit out of me. Well, it would, if I was a 49ers fan, um, that being said, I don't think this will be all of, that bad of a contract uh, by the time he's that age, you know, you look at a guy like Dwayne Brown, who's, I don't know if you could look it up real quick. I think he's like 38, 39, and he's still playing at a, a high level. You know, it was a, a top 10 offensive tackle this year by PFF. I think he was like number eight or whatever. Um, so I, I think locking him up, making him happy and anchoring your offensive line and anchoring both your bookends for the next several years is, is, Wayne Brown is 35. Okay, that, that might get ugly. Shit. Still, 35. That's pretty old. So it's 33. 39's real old. Yeah, 35. He is in he's about actually this is the final year of his contract. You know how old Ryan Fitzpatrick is and just like wow, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's so old, you know, like, I can't believe he's still playing. He's lucky he's a quarterback and, like, can avoid getting, like, major hits or, you know, doesn't need to be super uber-athletic or anything. And then just playing left tackle against, like, the TJ Watts, the Miles Garrett, and it's like, holy shit. Imagine, like, Drew Brees or, or like, Ben Roethlisberger's that age. Imagine him comparatively playing. Going up against those kind of guys, it's just whew, scary. Ah, uh, yeah, it is. Um, the age, the age thing is horrifying. It gets so. The difference between thirty-two and thirty-five is fucking colossal when it comes to uh, athletes' performance. So it'll be interesting. But at the same time, Trent Williams is a phenomenal left tackle, and you do what you got to do, you know, to make make that man happy and keep him on your team. So uh, as we've seen the past year, especially in the NFL um, money, ain't no thing. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and the cap space is imaginary. So yeah, it's, it's less imaginary this year, but based off of all this fucking shit going on, it's fucking imaginary. Yeah, I don't, it's I don't, still I don't, imaginary, but it's like, it's like dragons. Like 
Dragons might have been a thing. I'm 99% certain they're not real, but... Well, it, it, it's like Game dragons in that it's like real. it's like the flying dragons aren't real, but the Komodo dragons hanging out. <laughs> it's true. Where did they come from? They have to be from real dragons. Otherwise chickens. It's all that. chickens. Uh, anyway. I think 9,000 years ago, dragons split as a species into dragonflies and Komodo dragons. Komodo dragons got all like the scales and like lizard dragon looking shit and, and dragonflies got the wings. Okay, mm-hmm. from that, mm-hmm. let's pivot on to mm-hmm. Bud Dupree. Let's make you sad. Um, Bud Dupree left the Steelers, signing the second biggest contract that's been awarded thus far this offseason to the tune of $82.5 million on a five-year deal to be the outside linebacker of the Tennessee Titans. Um, Corwin, tell me about your pain. I'm not that hurt because I knew it was coming. Uh, I'm not that hurt. <laughs> it's okay. There's so many allergies in this hotel right now. Um, it. I'm happy he got a lot of money. I think he is a good compliment to a guy like Harold Landry. Um, I think he'll be fine. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be anything spectacular. I, I don't see him being like an all pro kind of guy. I see him being one of those like pro bowl alternate caliber players still. Um, I just hope he can come back healthy and perform. But yeah. good deal, good deal overall. I like it for both sides. You know the the ultimate, the the most reassuring part about seeing one of uh, the favorite players from your team go to a different team is that he uh, makes a fuck ton of money. It yeah. genuinely, it's 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 it makes it so much easier to take because on the one hand, on the one you know side of it, uh, you could go ah my team couldn't afford it ah finally died, um, and then on the other side of it, you can also say. Well, I'm happy for him. He got all the money. Like, you know, it would suck to see a player you really like leave on a very team-friendly deal. And it's like, what, we couldn't do that? Um, Seeing a player player you like leave for like a fuck ton of money is actually a lot easier to stomach. Um, So let's talk about the next player, um, Joe Thune. Uh, He is heading from New England to Kansas City on a five-year, $80 million deal to play guard. For the Chiefs, Corwin, what do you think about one of the hottest names in the um, offensive line game this offseason? Uh, might as well talk about both their guard signings. Uh, yeah, they signed fair Kyle enough. Long for a, a one-year $5 million deal as well. Um, you know, they have a center that is going to stick around, uh, Austin Reader, I believe. Uh, they have two guards to, you know, contend with Lori Tardif. I honestly don't know how to pronounce that guy's name and I never will, but he'll be coming back after opting out this year. So they have three guys who can play well. Um, you know, obviously that's the chief's biggest needs. I thought they were going to go heavier into tackles after they cut fucking Eric Fisher and Mitchell Swartz, which blows my fucking mind that they move on from both of them. Uh, Honestly, them moving on from Mitchell Swartz blows my fucking mind. Dude won, you know, three was first team all pro like each of the th- last three seasons when he was healthy. That's just insanity. Um, uh, but still, regardless, uh, I like that they're working on their line and putting this um, money towards it. Um, 
I think Joe Thune's going to be a good fit. I love the Kyle Long signing. Uh, Joe Thune's probably a little overpaid. Kyle Long is definitely underpaid here, so it all evens out in the end. So uh, I'm glad they're working hard towards uh, protecting Pat Mahomes after seeing what happened in the Super Bowl. Yeah, if there was anything that was left exceedingly obvious from that game and really that entire playoff run um, was that Pat Mahomes is left to be very vulnerable as a result of how shit that offensive line is, and that can only carry you so far. It just so happens it carried them to the Super Bowl, um, but uh, still came up short in the big game as a result of poor construction with the offensive line. So. Uh, I just uh, got a notification that the Bucks are bringing back Ryan Suckup on a three-year, $12 million deal. I, on one hand, sure, I don't care all that much, uh, but $4 million a year for a kicker is okay. It's not ideal, but especially not when he's not an all-star kicker. It's just imagine paying a kicker the same, much as, same amount as the Patriots are paying their quarterback. I literally can't. Um, I don't like that a lot. No. Either way, let's move on. Yeah. Um, All right. That brings us to uh, Shaquille Barrett re-signing with Tampa Bay uh, uh, to the tune of a four-year, $68 million contract. Um, 29, he's young. Might get a uh, 33, might be a little bit old for a second contract, but we'll see. Uh, What do you think about, about Barrett staying in Tampa Bay. Bullshit ass team friendly deal. Fucking Buccaneers trying to get Tom Brady number seven. Fucking assholes. Um, or he did get seven. That was this year. Oh my God. Tom Brady has so many fucking rings. Um, great, great team deal. Uh, definitely for, you know, significantly less than what. His, he would have gotten on the market. Um, so good on the Bucks. Good on Shaq Barrett for putting his priorities in order all around. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm disappointed just because it's Tom Brady's team. Yeah, that kind of puts a damper on things, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. If it was the Bucks with Jameis Winston, would be like, oh, yeah, they, they're going to be able to build a team and compete. But it's Tom Brady, so I just I fucking hate them. Yep, I know the feeling. Um, but yeah, like you said, good on Shaquille Barrett for having his priorities, however he has them, and getting to, I assume, stay with where he wants to stay, even though it's at a lower total value. But good for him. Uh, Corey Lindsay, Lindsley, sorry, Corey. Corey Lindsley is going to be moving on from the center of Green Bay to becoming the center for the Los Angeles Chargers. Five year, $62.5 million contract. Um, what do you think? Good signing. Protect Justin Herbert. I, yeah. Good that, player. Yep. There, there you go. It'll be interesting to see if Green Bay has any backup plan, um, but sure thing. Um, Trey Hendrickson, uh, defensive end from New Orleans, heading to Cincinnati in a four-year, $60 million deal. Uh, what make you of this? Uh, I think it's an overpay, but at the same time, the Bengals had a lot of needs. Nobody wanted to sign with them, and they had to overpay to get guys to go there. That's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I assume, I would assume this is the Carl Lawson um, replacement. replacement. 
Yeah. And he got the same AAV as Carl Lawson. And that that means that either um they just didn't reach out fast enough and the Jets scooped Carl Lawson up super quick, or Carl Lawson was like, fuck you guys. Which is pretty hard to do when he plays for your team. Which is um, which means that Carl Lawson probably I went, think, You guys fucking suck. I'm so yeah. fucking done here. I'm yeah. gone. I'm gonna go play Almost. you know how much you know how bad of an organization you have to be for someone to say, I'm going to play with the fucking Jets. I'm a Jets fan. It's not the Jets. It's Robert Sala. He wanted to go play for Robert Sala. I guarantee oh, you, know, it. you know, I'm sorry. I forgot we had a competent coach for a second. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> shit. I forgot. Like, there's actually stuff bringing people into New York. Yeah. I genuinely forgot there was like a reason someone might want to be here. So, yeah. Like, good point. Oh, hey, that Joey Bosa guy, he was pretty good. Oh shit! Uh, fucking D Ford, he was pretty good. Oh, uh, Chris Jones, he was pretty good. I don't know Chris Grill. Who they trade? Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I forget who they sent back. It doesn't matter. Uh, either way, good shit. Good Carl trip. Austin trade or signing. Good shit. I'm all about yeah, which that we will get to very soon. But in between that, we have I'm, a we, pair. We just talked about it. All right. Well, I'm all right. Well, I'm happy about it. Then uh, that's all I have to say. I like the fact that the Jets actually have a guy who can pass rush. Yeah, is that weird? Is it legal? <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so the Carl Lawson deal, by the way, uh, three year, forty five million dollar. So, like I said, the um, Trey Hendrickson deal, four year, sixty million dollars, both fifteen million per season. Uh, anyway, uh, we now have a pair. Of the actually, you know what? Let's talk about several. Let's talk about all the New England contracts because if as long as I'm already as we're already going to be talking about like two to three back to back, might as well just do them all, I guess, since they did so fucking many. Uh, Before we do that, is there any like one or two singular trades or signings beyond this? Because I feel like we're just going to need to end on the Patriots. You know what? That's a good point, and I already updated the sheet I was looking at. So let me update it back and <laughs> and see if there was anything else I really care. Uh, the uh, let's do some jet subs. The Jets signed Corey Davis. Do you give a shit? No. Yeah, and that's the thing. Pete texted me very excited for me that the Jets signed Corey Davis, and I'm like, why am I supposed to be excited about us? I mean, like, I'm not uh, I'm not upset about us signing Corey Davis. Like, we need wide people to play wide receiver, and Corey Davis certainly plays wide receiver. But I'm not excited about. Corey Davis. I almost texted you saying, oh my God, the Jets just got the fifth overall pick. And then waiting for you to go crazy and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'd be like, yeah, from like three years ago or five years, four years ago now, they signed Corey Davis. And then for you to get really sad and disappointed. But I was like, no, you're a Jets fan. You got enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. It all, it all hurts. And I usually want to die. Um, how about Shaquille Griffin going to Jacksonville? Uh, they overpaid, but they needed a corner. He's a good one. And boy, do they have the money to spend? So I can't complain. Yeah. It seems to make sense. Fair uh, signing. Speaking of Jacksonville, Rayshon Jenkins heading to Jacksonville. Meh. Okay. <laughs> uh, Oh, what about Yannick and Gakwe going to Vegas? Um, I like it. It's, you know, weird. It's weird because they have Max Crosby, who had a lot of promise as a rookie. They had Cleland Farrell, who was like the third overall pick, who's just been bad. Um, 
so it's weird to have him go there, but at the same time, Yannick Nagakwe is a great pass rusher, and, and I'm sure he's going to be very good in Las Vegas. It's just, you know, not the position I thought they'd be going after. Yeah, it's a little bit confusing. Um, Marvin Jones also went to Jacksonville, which I think is fun, but it doesn't really mean anything. Um, oh, Rob Gronkowski re-signed with Tampa Bay for a one-year, $8 million contract, um, which is also interesting. I'm not sure I have anything to say, but it's interesting. He's going to sign as long as Tom Brady's there. I think so. the I, way it yeah. goes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders signed with Buffalo, which makes me sad because now I can't root for Emmanuel Sanders and I love rooting for Emmanuel Sanders. He's such a fun dude, but oh well. Carlos Hyde signed a deal with Jacksonville. I totally missed that. That's kind of funny. Uh, It's like the least important thing in the world. Like I I saw someone tweet about him be like, oh, wow, you know, sink James Robinson. Like James Robinson, they're replacing him. And it's like, dude, have you watched Carlos Hyde play football in the past four years? Yeah. Uh, John Brown signed a one-year deal with Las Vegas, which is interesting-ish. Um, Richie Incognito is back with Vegas? I didn't realize that. Okay. So he, Richie... he signed like half an hour ago. Oh, well, that makes sense as to why I'm confused about it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Mark Ingram signed with Houston. I would have assumed he would have retired, but okay. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. You know what? My favorite signing so far is John Ross going to the Giants for two and a half million dollars on a one-year deal. I just think that's a crazy good, no risk, super reward if it works out kind of deal that the Giants need. I'm a huge fan of that one. Uh, the Giants need a new GM. That's what they need. Um, Giants need a lot of things. They need which is why it starts at GM. They, oh boy, they gotta move the fuck on. Um, yeah. It's only getting worse as, you know, we can sit here and and comment about like how impactful is having Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback for the Washington football team. But at the same time, you can at least sit there and say, Hey, they're doing like something relatively meaningful to try to be somewhat better. And the giants are just like, we have both thumbs up our butt. We don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, Oh gee, thanks boys in blue. Uh, All right. Anyway. So let's, let's talk about Let's talk about the Patriots. Uh, so they've done a lot. Uh, it's been a, a topic that we started the show off a little bit with and, and has been discussed on Twitter as well as the greater football media. Uh, so I want to list off their signings, and then you can tell me what you think about them just to move it a little bit quicker. Uh, they signed Matt Judon, outside linebacker, four-year, $54.5 million contract. They signed Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, both tight ends, um, 26 and 27, respectively. Jonu Smith on a four-year, $50 million contract, and uh, Hunter Henry, a three-year, $37.5 million contract, matching AAVs at 12.5. Um, they signed Jalen Mills, safety, coming out of Philly, four-year, $24 million contract. Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver, uh, coming out of Las Vegas, two-year, $22 million contract. Davon Godshow, a defensive tackle out of Miami, to a two-year, $15 million contract. Kendrick Bourne. Devin? Uh, Devin? D-A-V-O-N? Wow. I spelled it with an E. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I will fully concede. I, I can no longer confidently say his name is Devin. Dave. Uh, uh, Dave. Sure. Dave. Davin. Davin. Okay, Davin. Davin Gotcho. 
I'm surprised uh, I got corrected on the first name, not the last name, because I was a total guess. Oh, gosh, gosh, that's correct. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, All right. Uh, I feel Kendrick, bad for bringing it up. Oh, who cares? Um, Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, San Fran, um, out of San Fran, three-year, $15 million contract. Uh, Adam Butler, defensive tackle. Oh, no, sorry. that He's someone who left New England, so ignore Adam Butler. Uh, Cody Davis, uh, uh, free safety, got re-signed, so that's not a huge deal because he was on the team last season. And uh, Ted Karras, uh, center from Miami, one-year, $4 million contract. So that is the totality of their signings. Uh, names, once again, Matt Judon, John Janu Smith, Hunter Henry, Jalen Mills, Nelson Aguilar, Davin, Davin Godshow, Kendrick Bourne, Cody Davis, and Ted Karras all signed within the first three days of free agency opening up. Um, so, Corbin, tell me about this new Patriots roster we're looking at. So, all told, that entire thing put together, I give it a, a B plus, A minus B plus, depending on how it you know ends up. Excuse me, I'm like trying to hold down a burp or a yawn or something. I don't know. Something's uh, coming out. I can't <laughs> stop it. Something's coming out. So, currently, or you know, leading into today. The Patriots had given out the second most guaranteed money uh, in a free agency period in NFL history. Gave out the second most guaranteed money ever. Uh, This was all before free agency even officially started. The Patriots taking advantage of the tampering period? What? (gasps) No! (laughs) But seriously, like, this is the most Bill Belichick, like, just grouping of signings ever just absolutely dominates the defensive side of the ball. Just every one of the defensive signings just is fantastic. Uh, I'm a fan of all of them. You know, Jalen Mills, super versatile. God show was, you know, great in his role in Miami and will be in uh, the new England. Uh, Judon signs to a, a very fair contract to be a, a good mean pass rusher for them. Um, and Bill signs two tight ends, which is just the most Bill Belichick thing ever after drafting two tight ends in the third round last year, because of course, um, I mean, both of them are super versatile. Both can catch the ball. Both can block. Both can move downfield. It's going to be super exciting to see him work with that, you know, 12 and 22 personnel again. Um, But then, it just goes to show that Bill Belichick is just just so fucking bad at at evaluating wide receivers. It just blows me away that he'd spend like what was it like 15 million total, 11 and 5, so 16 on Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. It's just uh more 37 cuz Aguilar got 22 million and Bourne got well, 15 on his well, own. Well, per year, per year. Oh, per year. Uh 11 million then um Sorry, sixteen million then because Aguilar yeah. is uh, eleven million AAV and Bourne is five. So sixteen million. Yep. There we go. I, uh, I would much rather spend the money on one sixteen million dollar per year wide receiver like a Juju Smith Schuster or a Kenny Galladay, um, where you know you can have a number one dominant wide receiver. You could have Keneal Harry. Nikhil Harry as your number two 
see if he can continue developing. You have some other, you know, depth players at wide receiver. You have a 90-year-old Julian Edelman who's still kicking. And you're going to have your two tight end, which is, you know, in all honesty, going to be the focal point of your offense. Get a number one guy. Don't get two guys that are burners that, yeah, they'll take the tops off the defense. They'll, you know, do some things, but they're not going to be threats for you. No one is intimidated by fucking Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. They're intimidated by Judas Smith-Schuster. They're intimidated by Kenny Galladay. $16 million for like a three-year deal for either one of them, even a one-year deal, because both of them seem to be trending towards that right now, according to the rumor mill. I just, I don't get why you would go out of your way to build them like this. It's just, you know, it's, it's annoying. It's annoying because I don't want the Patriots to be good, but they're like shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to wide receivers every fucking year. Well, it, it you know, this feels like a chicken and the egg conversation prior to this past season of um, are these nobody wide receivers good in New England because of Tom Brady or are they good because of Bill Belichick finding the perfect recipe of how to employ them, you know? Um, like Chris Hogan's uh, can catch all these passes because Bill Belichick found the route, the right route to run or because Tom Brady is just very effective at going through his reads and manages to find Hogan at the right time. Um, and that was a chicken in the egg conversation up until last season when we saw it's pretty much just Tom Brady. Um, now this, you know, could be an opportunity for Belichick to kind of reinvent that narrative if he has the ability to, um, but that's, that's the real question. And, and, you know, like I said, you also don't have to do this. Like you could just go get better players. Um, the, you know, the, the spending $11 million a year on Nelson Aguilar, who is, uh, I'm sorry to be mean, but he's, he's been a joke throughout the NFL for stone hands since he came into the league. I, I, I mean, it, you know, he's not going to make your season. And, you know, when, Cam Newton struggled as much as he did because of the myriad of reasons that he struggled again, which are far from being entirely his fault, getting him some decent support on the wide receiver front might go a long way, especially when he is a smart quarterback and a talented dude. And Nope. We are going to sign this guy. I don't know the name of for a amount of money that is relatively insignificant and could probably be allocated better elsewhere, but Hey, hey, let's sign two speedster wide receivers who could run 50, 60 yards down the field really, really fast so that our quarterback coming off shoulder surgery, two shoulder two shoulder surgeries can throw the ball 13 feet to them. Yeah. And and again, I have to imagine that this is part of the, you know, the Belichick oeuvre that he's established over the last decade of I can scheme around every player. Every player has their value. Players are seemingly overpaid across the board and my genius can compensate for any deficits in their ability. And uh, look, we have one year of him doing it without Tom Brady. So is there room for that to still be true? Uh, sure. Um is that a reason enough alone to not make a bigger splash in this department? I don't think so. No. Um, it feels very, very like 1980s football ish. Um, it feels can, very old school game. I don't get it. Can you name me one wide receiver drafted? 
by the Patriots in the last decade that you would consider a good wide receiver? I'm not sure I can name you a wide receiver the Patriots drafted in the last decade. End of sentence. Um, so the last good wide receiver I can name drafted by the Patriots is a seventh-round quarterback in 2009 named Julian Edelman. Yeah, okay. Um, it, we're uh, both yeah. at a loss. <laughs> like, I know it's it's the Steelers' biggest strength, and, and you know, being a fan, I'm, I'm right there at the forefront, and I know as well as anybody the extent to which they are capable at drafting wide receivers and are the best in the NFL at doing so. But – Oh my God, seeing the absolute other end of the spectrum where this team just cannot do it. They physically cannot do it. They spent so much fucking capital trying to find a good wide receiver and are just can't do it. So I'm because now I'm curious. Uh, in 2020, they didn't draft a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. In 2019, their first overall pick was a their first pick was a wide receiver, Nikhil Harry. Mm-hmm. And that was the only wide receiver they picked. Um, Look at the wide receivers drafted after him that year. I, I, I literally just have the New England draft. Okay, I'll, I'll um, pull that up. I'll um, pull that up. In 2018, in the sixth round, they drafted Braxton Berrios, who I totally forgot about, and he was just on the Jets last season. I totally forgot about him. Uh, they did draft a quarterback in 2017. or Sorry, wide receiver in 2017. They drafted Malcolm Mitchell, who appears to not be in the NFL anymore, in 2016 yeah. in the fourth round. That's the – oh, and Devin Lucian, who is also no longer in the NFL, drafted in the Never seventh round. Him. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They didn't draft a wide receiver at all in 2015. They drafted a seventh a wide receiver in the seventh round in 2014, a guy who's also no longer in the NFL, Jeremy Gallen. Um, so this is the most recent year they drafted two wide receiver in this is two wide receivers in the same draft, 2013, when in the second round they drafted Aaron Dobson, and in the fourth round they drafted Josh Boyce, neither of whom were in the NFL. Um 2012, they drafted Jeremy Ebert in the seventh round, also no longer in the NFL. Um, in 2011, they didn't draft a wide receiver at all. Wow, this is ridiculous. In 2010, they drafted Taylor Price in the third round. He's no longer in the NFL. Um, and that brings us to 20, 2009, which is only the second year of these past uh, – 11 drafts that I just read where they drafted two wide receivers in the same draft. And that's Brandon Tate in the third round, not in the NFL anymore. And Julian Edelman in the seventh round, who is still an active player. That's fucking awful. Wow. That actually makes like the jets wide receiver drafts look good. That's, that's so bad. Uh, just for reference, uh, in 2019, uh, Nikhil Harry was the second wide receiver off the board after Marquise Brown uh, drafted 32nd overall uh, first round. Uh, marquee names that you would know who were drafted following this pick, A.J. Brown, Mikol Hardman, Paris Campbell, D.K. Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaren, uh, Hunter Renfro, Darius Slayton, Travis Fulgham. 
fucking anyone. Anyone. Yeah, and now, now I'm looking at the Jets by receiver drafts, which has historically been a very weak position for us. And, I mean, these are names that I at least know, you know, and some of these players are even still active. And, like, that, that's what's so startling about the New England drafts is that there's the, they don't even have that. You know, like, um, obviously they just drafted Denzel Mims, so, or, so you know, that, that, that one's easy. And um, then 28 – nope, they didn't take one in 2018. 2017, uh, Darius Stewart, who never really got off the ground. He's out of the NFL. Chad Hansen, who played for us. I remember him. Um, 2016, Sharon Peak. I remember Sharon Peak. He's still an active player in the NFL. Year before that, Devin Smith, um, who all, just never got healthy. Uh, but I'm looking at some of these other players. Quincy Anunua, who was an impact player for us for a couple yeah. seasons before injuries kind of ruined his career. Um, kind fucking, of, they definitely did. Yeah. Jeremy Curley, who was an impact player for us for a little bit. You know, like, like, there's, it's still sparse, but like at least I know a handful of these names, and some of these players are still active. I, I mean, the Patriots literally had like fucking nobody. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking ugly. Can't do it. Can't sign. He signed Randy Moss. That was like the biggest thing he's ever done. Him and Wes, Wes Welker. But either way. Yeah. Damn. Let's end it. Yeah, so that's uh, that's where we stand today. There's obviously going to be more that happens um, since there's still a lot of players uh, left in free agency who are going to get signed. But um, this is probably the biggest spurt this week that we're going to see of free agents moving around as uh, teams target the top of their list guys and move their cap around accordingly to accommodate those new contracts. Uh, so... We'll certainly be seeing more players come off the board as we approach the draft was we're a little over a month away from it. Um, But teams obviously want to have their positions kind of shored up and let the dust settle on where they think their rosters are at before they determine positions of need and head into the draft itself. So uh, for sure, we're going to get more, but this is uh, again, probably going to be the biggest burst of of player movement we see outside of uh, any fun kooky trades. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I think that's it. There's nothing else I can imagine us talking about. So let's wrap it up here. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicy Pod. We never tweet from it, but you can follow it. Um, you, you can follow uh, myself on Twitter at Joshua D. Trace. You can follow Corwin on Twitter at Corwin Heller. And if you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at uh, juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.